Oh, Bryn says hi. Hi, Bryn. Um, okay, I've got it, so I'll read it if you want me to, unless you want to read it. No, you go ahead. Okay. So do you want to start, or do you want me to start? You start, and I'll read the line. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> Is this a competition? Oh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> did you did, you did not just split it on the floor, did you? No, he oh, turned okay. away. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Give me a little bit of... <laughs> All right. Hang on, I'm, I'm thinking about the music in my head and how... Okay. Nope, that's not happening. So, who's next? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Who's Next podcast. My name is Nathan Hoffman. I am an innovation specialist here at All Saints. Oh, you used your real title. Yeah. I'm excited you know, for you. I, I didn't, it's early. I it haven't had, early. I don't not. Uh, I haven't had coffee either. I'm not prepped. I haven't had coffee. I've got my 30 ounce here. I just haven't finished it yet. I, and I'm Miranda Davis, the director of the Center for Innovation. Um, this podcast is by the All Saints community about the All Saints community for the All Saints community. Each episode, we interview a faculty member, parent, alumni, board member, or student. We dig into how they became a part of our community and get to know them with our rousing round of random questions. Then our guests will make their nominations on who we should talk to next, but it's a secret, so you'll have to listen to find out. Who's next? next? All right. <laughs> so kitschy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're not we're not ready. We're you, not. You're not ready. I'm absolutely not ready. Listeners are uh, we're not ready for our next guest. This is this this is gonna be a, a good one. It's gonna be entertaining. It's gonna be a double feature. I'm already I'm already crying laughing. <laughs> like tears. <laughs> On the are, inside. I can <laughs> see welling it. up, yeah. <laughs> All right. Here is our description. Our guest is relatively new. Nope. That's not it. Nope. I'm reading the one on my phone, phone, not the one in front of me. Let me try this again. (laughs) Our guest is an integral part of the All Saints community and are loved by one and all. Not only do they care for all the students, but they encourage students to try new things. They also pass along their love of their field in and out of their classroom. Their role on campus has changed through the many years, but they would say that one of their favorite parts is the role of being a parent on campus. They work hard at creating community and facilitating a sense of community across all divisions and aspects of the All Saints community. They are a great example of someone who is truly passionate about what they do. Please welcome Emmy Award winner (laughs) and three-time WWE champion, Michael Brady. Woo woo! (laughs) Did you know that you're Emmy nominated? I did. I nominated myself. (laughs) I haven't won anything yet, but... uh... I don't know if anybody else will vote for me, but I voted for me. It's coming. We're better known as uh... Chef Brady. Yeah, Chef Brady. Chef Brady. Chef Michael. Chef Michael, Chef Brady, MB. Mikey B. The man who feeds us. The man who feeds us. I like that. A consistent form of entertainment. I like that too. Always. (laughs) The creator and facilitator of the Garden of Eaton. If you can't tell a good joke, just be the joke. (laughs) Is that good? That's a great philosophical statement for for the day. That's me. All right, you ready for this, Michael Brady? Let's do it. I'm, do I'm it. excited because, you know, like I said, I, didn't, you just I deleted it. <laughs> so I typically, it... <laughs> we send people questions and so they can prep because they're right. nervous. Right. 
or they need to know so they can get ready. Michael's like, nah, delete Miranda's email. I don't need to read that. I thought it'd be more fun to be thrown off guard. Yeah. This was after he asked me, are you going to send me a question? I'm like, did. yeah. I did. And I did. And I thought about it. And I was like, no, let's, let's then embrace yesterday this. I was like, Nathan, we have to write these questions to send to Michael because right. he said she he was, wanted them. She was so... Oh, so that was kind of rude of me because you <laughs> no, went through all this work to fine. write it. I mean, we had to do it anyway. <laughs> I thought it would be more everybody. entertaining just to be completely thrown off guard. We it have is. we have a website that we go to that has like 250 questions that are just oh, for stupid. This? It's yeah. great. I think we have two now because I think you found one that oh, was a little better. Yeah. Hopefully it's more than like what's your favorite color. No. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, no. We don't, That's very basic. My expectations are high. That's low hanging They should be. We have high expectations for ourselves. We're a little bougie when it comes to our podcast. This first section mm-hmm. is my section because we do this because I don't know anybody. <laughs> That's why we do this podcast, so that Nathan Hoffman can learn about the people around him. And uh, yeah. So first question for you. What brought you to Tyler? Um, I got recruited out of... Uh... Shreveport, Louisiana, by Brookshire Grocery Company to help open what is now Fresh by Brookshire's. At the time, they were wanting to, I think, stay competitive in the grocery industry, and they wanted to do a hybrid of a one-stop shop in like a central market Whole Foods with um, kind of a chefy feel. And I hate that word chefy, but I think it fits. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you spell that? Yeah. Right. And I think uh, <laughs> I think I was like, how do you say that? The most least little known in this market. So they said, hey, let's go reach out to this dude. And my brother and I were in business together at the time, or I worked for my brother. Um, we had developed a concept in Shreveport, retail wine and cheese shop, and some fun like... Um, a fun French bistro. We'd both worked in the, uh, at the Michelin level for a long time. And we wanted to execute Michelin level food, but in your boat, boat shoes. And then we were big into wine and stuff. So we had this restaurant and this nice. retail shop. And then I got recruited to come here. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That's, uh, did you know that? Uh, I think I do some of that actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we we, we talk a lot. Yeah. Anyway. So that was uh. So. Twenty. You told me you came from Louisiana, but twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I was I was doing some marketing PR stuff in New Orleans, and I think the. Yeah, I think it was two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Yeah. Yep. Because I started here in twenty twelve, and y'all hadn't been here that long. We had or had not. Had but not. I think we it was had like, been here. I think it was like their first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, fresh to do the cafeteria. Because we came here when I fell out of love, or when I left the restaurant, how many times will I say this in this thing? Long story short. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) uh, I was trying to figure out something when I was working corporate retail, like something that would uh, stimulate me, like something that I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. Because it was kind of a goofy thing that I was no longer passionate about, like the plate in the kitchen and the chef coat and all that, but I needed something else. You know, I grew up in a, a family of an advertising agency and our, the, I kind of grew up with make it a great day and pass it on. And that was kind of my mantra every morning that I woke up. So I kind of was like, well, how am I going to make it a great day and pass it on? Well, I was a big fan of Jamie Oliver at the time, and he was doing a lot of stuff in trying to make better food and have better eating habits or promote better eating habits for kids in early learning lower school. 
Hmm. And that, that kind of grabbed my attention. So saying that, um, when we opened up fresh, I heard about all saints and I was like, Ooh, that might be kind of fun. Like, you know, hang out with kids and pay it forward and make it a great day and pass it on by trying to develop better eating habits for kids. Mm -hmm. And in a way that I think is kind of unique on how I like to approach kids, you know, like it's not about forcing you to like something. It's about getting you to take a risk by trying something. Cause we don't think about that though. You know, like when we, when we have something in front of us, like a piece of food that we don't know or that we don't care for from a young standpoint, that's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a lesson in that, right. There's a lesson saying, let's take a risk. Mm -hmm. And that, that goes deep. Yeah. But I think if you can use food as a model or as a platform to help a child take a small risk like that, mm -hmm. I think it's a win-win. And I think it's kind of a killing two birds with one stone where we're developing our palates. If you want to geek out and talk food, <laughs> right. And then we're also kind of teaching resilience. Like, let's take a chance. And that's deep, but I think, uh, I think it does it. Yeah. So when I started, I think y'all hadn't been here that long. Like I said, I think it was the first year that y'all were here. Mm -hmm. This is this is what I was told. So that's the guy that likes to throw Brussels sprouts mm, at children. Love it. And if they eat it, <laughs> they get an M&M &M yep. or a Skittle or something oh, like that. Okay. Bribery has its time and place. Yeah. yeah so I think that because in the beginning, I mean, you, he'd straight up come out of the kitchen with like a skillet of Brussels sprouts and he'd mm -hmm. throw them at kids to eat, like <laughs> eat it. And I was very surprised because I'm not a Brussels sprout person either. Yeah. That all those ding ding kids ate those how do you, Brussels sprouts. How do you how do you do your Brussels sprouts? Uh, that was really simple, right? Because when I when we try and get kids to taste thing, it's more of a breaking barriers, mm -hmm. right? And so it's more of let's just saute them off and um, add a touch of salt to them because salt is not a seasoning, right? It's a flavor enhancer, so it's right. going to help bring the flavors that are already there out. And ultimately, when we when I try to get a, a, a kiddo to try something. I make a very big deal to try and get rid of this control thing, mm -hmm. right? Because I believe that no one comes into this world loving being told what to do right? or loving to be told that you're going to love green beans mm -hmm. or loving being told that you're going to love to read a book. Mm -hmm. So AR reading ruined me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think <laughs> when, when I would do that is it's, guys, this is just this thing that for whatever reasons, when we come out of our mother and we I'm come into the world... We don't like green things, right? I don't know. What, I don't know what that is. Like, we 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 innately love the way a bowl of ice cream looks, but mm -hmm. we don't love the way a green bean looks. So right. let's just break that barrier. Yeah. Right? Um, so saying that, like, it's just very basic, right? Um, and when you're doing a vegetable, in my mind, like, I don't want to add any flavors. I okay. want them to taste that. Okay. And I want them to know that this is what this tastes like, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. we know red is red because we identify with red. Yeah. I want to say, okay. I don't care if you like Brussels sprouts or not. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you like beets. I don't care if you like carrots. I don't care if you like snow cones. It's not about that. It's about you being introduced to something and you getting to decide whether or not you like it. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's a, not pivotal, but I think that's a very valuable yeah. beauty of life, right? Mm -hmm. The life that we get to live, like we get that. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. Nice. Man. All right, ne next question. <laughs> yeah, okay. I didn't get a shut up there. Cool. We're on, a, we're on a roll. Yeah, no, it's, well, that's the thing. Like, it's so, like, when you get to talking, I, I can't stop you because <laughs> you just have so much to say. And I'm, I'm like, I listen to every single word 
because it's exhausting. It's okay. <laughs> Maybe for other people, not for me. No, it's exhausting for <laughs> like, me <laughs> to know that he's listening. No, it's exhausting because <laughs> to talk that much. I can just keep going. You exhaust yourself. I exhaust myself. <laughs> what do you think, my wife, Chris? Oh my God, I don't think there's <laughs> enough wine in the world. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Well, okay. Offshoot question. You said that you saw All Saints, and you said, "Oh, that looks interesting." What 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 made that look interesting, and how did you get into? All oh Saints? yeah, that kind of I squirreled. That's okay. Let's get yeah. used to that. Yeah. So when we were at Fresh, you know, from the this from the business chef restaurant world I come from, chefs don't love catering, and this will tie together. Chefs mm-hmm. don't love catering, but catering is a thing that you have to have, or you don't have to have, but it's where you can make some money, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Because the restaurant, the retail, whatever it is, is 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 there. So if we can do something, not even lawn yet, but just not even to diversify your business, but if the, the electric bill is already getting paid for and you have another avenue of business that you can do, right? That's just business 101. Um, so saying that, fresh, my responsibility was to grow catering. And chefs, I don't think are lazy. I think chefs, we just work so freaking much that we're always trying to find something that's like, okay, is this kind of easy? Because there's so many things. Make it mm-hmm. efficient. That's my middle. Or I like to think that I'm efficient. So yeah. the way that I pitched it for my job was like, look, this is fixed catering. You know, mm-hmm. like whatever it is, four, five, six, seven dollars a head at 350, 400 a day, do the math. And if you have a margin in there, super cool. Mm-hmm. Five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um and then my, my not ulterior motive, but my also motive mm. was I really, really loved and was compelled probably sounds too fancy for me. I don't think I can say compelled. Driven? I don't think that fits me. So I was really confident. I, I, where it goes. I was compelled. Mm-hmm. Now, I was motivated because I really liked the idea of hanging out with kids. And I think mm-hmm. I didn't realize, you know, I grew up with a mom that was a teacher. So I spent a lot of time around kids, summer mm-hmm. camps, going to school when yeah. I was playing hooky. You know, mom would make me go to work with her. And it was funny because it was kind of this full circle that I was realizing, oh, maybe this is kind of a thing. Like, I don't know what I believe in as a calling. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of drawn to this. And, you know, you kind of got, as you get older, you figure out to be, I don't know if it's intuition, but you figure out what you're drawn to. You pay mm-hmm. attention to that. Like you yeah. dial in a little more maybe. And so I was really drawn to the fact of, yeah, I've been dealing with like food critics and wine spectator and all these people that like in Ratatouille, the food critics, like I've been doing this, right? And you're in a dining room of people that are constantly critiquing you and that's exhausting. So why not have your clientele be kids? Right. But also too, at the same time- they don't critique Who know nothing about Well, they do, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's innocent, you know? It's it's not, what's his name? Anton Ego in Ratatouille. I use Ratatouille a lot because it's (laughs) so close to home in so many ways for me. Oh, is it? Um, (laughs) He cooked with rats, that's why. Yeah, that's true. Not anymore because they, they can't control <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> um, but I really liked the idea um. of tongue-in-cheek, and I think a lot of me is tongue-in-cheek. Like, I think I can be very serious and dove-in, in, dove-in. Uh, Bought in? Bought, eh, in, in I, I think I can get really in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I like to take it not too seriously. So saying that, like, I loved the idea of being around kids, but I also really loved, like, in my bones – make it a great day and pass it on was so mm-hmm. instilled in my DNA that, you know, in my theory when I was doing Michelin ha- fancy stuff is I was making a great day and passing it on by creating this experience. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I loved that and setting the stage. And then when I fell out of love with that, I had to find, like I said, like something else. And man, I mean, how motivating is it if you can have a journey in your life or live your life and go, you know what? I helped kids eat better. Yeah. Right. When you go down the whole high fructose corn syrup, food trends, all these processed foods, all this food that can sustain a nuclear warhead, there's absolutely a time and a place for (laughs) Whataburger, right? Mm -hmm. But when there's a culture, when there's generations that only get nostalgia, warm, fuzzy, chill bump feelings by seeing the golden arches, there's nothing wrong with the golden arches, Mm. but we've done something wrong there, Mm. I feel. Right. Right. And I think that's what drew me to it ultimately, too. I like that idea. Okay. And then also hoping that you're planting seeds, right? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't wake up every morning trying to please myself, but I do want to wake up and go, Michael, you're doing something well. Yeah. And the thought of even if I interact with, I don't know what the number, I don't even know what the increment could be, but let's say I interact with two thousand people, which is not that, but two thousand kids over a time frame, mm-hmm. and just the thought that one of them would email me ten years down the road. Like any teacher, right? I think Mm -hmm. every teacher does this. And maybe this is just my version. But like just the idea is one of these 2,000 kids would email me and go, hey, Michael, you remember that crazy conversation we had about salt and flavor enhancing? (laughs) Anybody listening to this that's ever had a conversation will be like, aha. But you know, any or you remember how you forced me to try a Brussels sprout and I hated them. And you said one day you're going to like them. Or one day I'm planting a seed and you're going to appreciate this. Just the thought of getting one email... That's motivating. That's mm-hmm. enough for me. Okay. You know, that, that's all I need. Okay. Some people need other things, but that's yeah. enough for me. So yeah, there. I had one of those moments the other day. Have you? I still haven't gotten one. I, had, I didn't get an email. I saw a student. I was out to eat and a student came in and like, I didn't see them. I was eating with my sister and my sister's like, that kid over there is looking at you. Do you know how that is? And I was like, oh, I do. It was a former student that graduated a couple of years ago. He came in and it's my favorite and it's so dumb but i was like he was like you were right i'm like yes yes (laughs) don't go any farther i don't even know that i don't need to know details things all those things you made us do and they're like you were right i'm like and i'm totally okay if i never get that that email Mm -hmm. i'm okay with it right i don't need it but just the thought yeah it's kind of it's kind of like that that matthew mcconaughey thing like who's your hero Mm-hmm. My hero is me five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, because it keeps you eager, mm-hmm. right? Okay. It's not another person. Okay. It's me. I want to be my own hero. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of that thing like, I don't need that email, but the thought of getting an email and someone going, man, that conversation really did change something mm-hmm. in my path. But mm-hmm. that being your goal is a good thing to like work towards. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's this, it's this, it's not like it's this pessimistic thing that mm-hmm. it's this unattainable goal. It's a goal that keeps me hungry. Yeah. I think it's perspective. I think it's how you choose to look at it. For sure. There you go. Okay. Boom. Boom. All right. All right. Ready for random rousing? (laughs) Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Real quick. So you have four boys and all four are here now, right? Correct. This is the second year that they're all here. Yeah. So like Liam's in eighth grade. Yeah. Liam's my gentle giant eighth grader. And then uh, Oliver Oliver. or Oliver is... Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Um, Kane is my Kane Kane is my uh, sweet teddy bear, stubborn, argumentative (laughs) kid. He'll fool you because he looks very sweet. Uh, Second, and then Chaparoo Chapel is uh, is pre K. 
pre-K. Is he a misogynist class? He is. Oh, probably in the right place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he needs some misogynist love. <laughs> when, did, when did they all start? Or I guess when did um, your oldest start? So. Well, even when Ollie I, came the same year, right? Yeah, I was here okay. a year. I was here a year before they came because in my mind, it was about money, but it was also kind of like, we're very happy where we are. Mm -hmm. And my, I remember having a conversation with Kristen being like, you know what? Like early learning lower school, we're good, mm -hmm. right? So this is going to be a job. And then when it comes time to where we feel that we need to assess where we our kids want to go, we think we think middle school is a little or a little immature in Smith County, not bad, but just, you know, mm -hmm. the school we were at, that we were looking at mm. was not that old. Mm -hmm. They need some time to set some roots and get established. And we're like, let's, let's have that conversation about maybe switching over to All Saints then. Not six months later, I remember being very passionate about everything we just talked about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I remember being like, Chris, why am I putting all this time? Like, this is wrong of me. Like, shame on you, Michael. <laughs> mm -hmm. Why are you putting all this time in other kids? Because you love kids, but Into at the end of the kids. day... Yeah, and not yours. I love my kids more, yeah, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Just like everybody else, right? That's you know, you know, I can love everybody, but at the end of the day, my wife is more valuable. Is I love her more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's how everybody is. So I was like, why am I doing this? And then, like... My kids, in some sense, are on the sidelines. Right. Your, your, your passion turned into blinders. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And I was like, all right, we need to have this conversation. We need to get them over here. So right. the next year, we did. But I was also a little apprehensive, too, and still am, right? Like, my livelihood and business, all in the same place. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if everybody thinks like that, but coming in the restaurant world, that's eh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of potential collision there. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that did make me apprehensive. And I think it still makes me apprehensive, but I think it's also like I said, perspective, like you got to stay sharp and you got to stay focused and you got to stay with, see what your, what your priorities are. Mm -hmm. My priorities are to be a part of this community. Mm -hmm. My priorities are to be a part of this community, contribute to this community for the good and the better and for a better tomorrow, which I want my kids in that environment. Yeah. Right. So I think if you perspective. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if this is my eighth year the way I am, I think I've been around All Saints for like 10 or 11 years. Yeah. But the way I'm structured now, which I love, uh, we're moving in the right direction. Hmm. I think this is my eighth year, so this would make Liam Ali's sixth or seventh year. Yeah. Okay. Chappie's been here. I mean, Kane's been here a little less than that, and then this is Chappie's second year, so yeah, second year for all four. Kane and Chappie came in three at the three-year-old class, right? Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, because when, when Ollie, yeah, I think that's when Ollie right. and Liam, y'all didn't have Kane Kane yet, did you? When they started here? No, couldn't have. No. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had, we've had two kids since we've been here. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, yeah. But it, and that's, we like this place a lot, you yeah. know, um, but also too, it makes life very easy. Yeah. Or it makes life easier mm -hmm. when you have four boys sure. and mom and dad that work and are passionate about things. I don't think it's ever meant to be easy. Yeah. All right. All right. Ready? Random questions. Here we go. All right. We're going to skip where'd you grow up because it was Louisiana. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, all right. <clears throat> you ready for this one? I'm ready. Is, is Throw me a, a curveball. Oh, that's a question. I think it fits. Okay. Go. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I think it depends on how you choose to look at it. Okay. I think we, in many ways... One one thing. Oh, here you go. You want you want to go deep on a, on a hot dog? <laughs> I just want to know if a hot dog's a sandwich. 
Oh, okay. Keep it off simple. The, off the bat, yes or no? Yeah, it's a sandwich. Okay. Why? Because then you have to go down the technical of what classifies a sandwich. And we bastardize a lot of things in food, which makes these things very hard to answer. Um, I think it's the way... Yeah. it's. A, why wouldn't it be a sandwich? What else would it be? Taco. taco. Oh, it's a... It could be a taco. Yeah. Well, a taco could also be classified as a sandwich. It's true. Like a, a taco could be a subclass of sandwich. Yeah. Right? Okay. But that's also like when you get in, when you can really geek out in food. Um, I like to consider myself an out, out of the box purist because I'm very, I'm very black and white into French halt cuisine techniques and processes and all that mm -hmm. so when you go down that road when people started doing all this crazy like kind of superficial not deep fusion cooking it really kind of bothered me because it's very bastardized that there's not it's not that you can't fuse cultures and flavors mm -hmm. but we really kind of put a a broader spectrum on what things are. Mm -hmm. So I think if you really want to dive deep into it, you got to go, okay, what's the definition of a sandwich? Is it bread? Two pieces of bread? Mm -hmm. Is it a fold over a sandwich? You know? Is an open-faced sandwich really a sandwich? Uh, that's I my think, question. I think there you go. That's another example of depends on what you choose to believe. I call it yeah. a salad with a big crouton. Oh, <laughs> I've never heard okay. of that one. That does make okay. sense. You have to tell him your weirdo oh, that's food right. category yeah, yeah. situation. Uh, he, okay. Him and his friends have this weird food category Let's hear situation. It. So, okay, what were the four? It was um, soup, meat, salad, and sandwich. Okay. Everything falls Everything in those, oh. those fourth ca four categories. Uh, I've had conversations like, like that before. A block of cheese yeah. is a meat if you're just eating a block of cheese. Well, I mean, I guess technically you could – what's the definition of a meat? Is it a byproduct of an animal or is it a product of an animal? Right. So right. it's just it's just a it, it, a brick of whatever you're eating. That Again, is a perspective, meat. right? Um, Which makes all beverages then, soups. Yeah, all beverages are soups. Why? Because you drink them. That's oh. dumb. No way. So should we go? Let me do my next question then. Okay. You ready? <laughs> do you eat or do you drink soup? I think you can do both. Okay. You're drinking it if you're in the technique of process of drinking it. So if you're sipping it through a straw or if you're <laughs> sipping it on the rim of a Are cup. Are you drinking soup with a straw, Michael? Brady? No, I'm okay. not. I'm saying one. I'm answering my opinion of this question. Because uh -huh. yeah. the question is a soup, do you eat it or drink it? Uh -huh. Well, so if you are having soup... With a spoon, are you eating it? The process is yes, but then I think you go down the road of, are you just swallowing or are you chewing before you're swallowing? What yeah. classifies eating? Yeah. Right? Oh, <laughs> see? You can go mini with Freud's here. So the question is, is a soup, are you eating or drinking a soup? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you can do both. Okay. But then I can also see where it's vague That's a... that if you don't have something to chew on, are you technically eating? No. Because if I have an icy that has one of those goofy straws at the bottom of it, mm -hmm. and I take the top off, and I do that instead of sucking through the soup? straw, am I eating it? Right. Mm. Are these questions going to change the world? <laughs> Maybe. They may after you answer Maybe. them. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's why we've complicated the world, because we've made things too complicated. Maybe we just need to simplify. I always make fun of Allison. So Allison's a big soup eater, okay. drinker, yeah. dealer's choice. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Right. But a lot of her soups, I'm like, Allison, um, I think that's just watery food because it has so much in it yeah. that I'm like, you could eat that with a fork. I do see <laughs> I, I do see how it could be like if we're having a consomme or like, you know, when you go to hibachi and after you order your hibachi, 
you get the broth and then the mm-hmm. salad, right? Mm-hmm. The bro- that, whether you're eating with a spoon or not, then you have to interpret like how you're consuming it, mm-hmm. right? And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, if I have like this really chunky clam chowder mm-hmm. or beef stew and I'm actually chewing. Mm. So for you, it's not the content, it is the action. I think I'm a chameleon. Okay. <laughs> I think it's, it's whatever you choose, yeah. right? And if you need me to dive in and share my perspective, yeah. I think you have to go, okay, does eating classify as moving your jaw, breaking it down before you can swallow it? And drinking is, I'm, how do you do that? Slurping or taking a sip and swallowing? <laughs> I do think that's a classification. But then I think you also have to like, Look at the China needed to uh-huh. do it, right? Uh-huh. But I also think if you don't have to have the, it's perspective. I think okay. it's whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I'm a train wreck because I could see it. All right. I'm worried about this one. Oh, cool. I like that. What do you nerd out on? What are your hobbies? Besides food. Yeah. And meals. Yeah. Moving away. I don't know that I nerd out in food anymore. I think it's just kind of there. Yeah. Okay. It's just part of your personality now. Yeah, I think so. Like, you know, when you're working in restaurants, especially with the higher up you get at the level, that's all you do. Yeah. Right? Like you work 13 hours a day. And then when you get off of work, you go be crazy at now. You go crazy at the bar and all you do is talk about food. Like you're just constantly living that. Right. Yeah. I think now that I have kids and I've cooked so much and so much of my day is cooking. I think that's just a thing. So I don't think I nerd, yeah. I don't think I nerd out on food. Okay. Um, what was the question? What do I nerd out yeah, on? What do you nerd out on? What, are, what, your, are, your or what are your hobbies? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely love riding my bike. I was gonna say, if you didn't say bike, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, uh, bicycles. Okay. Uh, uh, I think when you look in my garage and you see how many bicycles I have, I think that would classify how as many a nerd do out you have? a lot. Uh, probably one, two. I have two really nice ones. I have a tandem. Uh, eight. You have a tandem. <laughs> yeah, we've got a tandem. Does that it's count awesome. as one or two? Chooses mm. well. I mean, how do you just how do you, how, how, how you choose? One. There's another one. <laughs> I would say it's I would one count bike. It as one. Yeah. It's a tandem bike, one or two bikes. <laughs> like if I had to load that in the car, I would say go load the bike. I wouldn't okay. say go load the bikes. Okay. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I love fishing. Absolutely love fishing. Okay. Um, do you still train dogs? I haven't in a while. I wouldn't. I don't know that I would call myself a dog trainer. I would call myself someone that's done it mm-hmm. and is super cool. Super into the experience when we got our first bird dog. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about so much training a hunting dog, even though I used a curriculum that's been around since like the 50s or the 60s that is very bird dogish. Uh, I don't know if you could call me a dog trainer because there's really good ones out there. Uh, we're doing it again soon. We have two lazy house dogs. <laughs> um, but we are going to do it again. And me and Kristen have both agreed that we want our boys to be a part of that. Um, recently, I could also geek out in reading. Yeah. Um, I've always read food books, but that's not like reading a book cover to cover. Mm-hmm. So in the past several years, I've really gotten into like fictions and i'm yeah. into a fiction right now that this guy wrote like a 23 book series about this game warden wow. in wyoming and it's really gotten me and i can geek out on that and i think that's probably goofy because when you talk to me you're like there's no way that dude can sit down and read a book which is I'd true love, i'd love to see because do you read the physical book or do you listen to it audiobook i'll read it so How? that's an 
How long can you sit still and read? I know, right? Isn't this crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've found myself. I'll get up and go look at Kristen and go, I just read 60 pages. (laughs) I shock myself. So I like have to pinch myself. Yeah, you get you get a hyperfixation. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can which just defines me. Yeah. Um (laughs) it is funny that you said that because I think I have really I've always been into, you know, when I got really interested in business and it wasn't just about food and the plate. I really dove off into leadership, business, kind of those, I don't know, I guess I do have to say self-help, but bettering yourself books. Yeah. And I really like that. But now that, you know, audio books and all that are such a big deal, mm-hmm. I've got a very good formula for me that's like, okay, this is a book I would listen to, mm-hmm. and then this is a book I'll read. And I think it's like fiction Use your imagination. I want to read those books. Yeah. Okay. Right? Because that's part of it. Yeah. yeah. And then when it's like business, you know. I need uh, to learn something from this. Yeah. I can put that on in the car. It's yep. more like a lecture. Yeah. I think so. That's cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. That's me too. Yeah. Okay. I, and I think it would make sense, right? I don't think it makes me super unique that that is like my formula. Mm-hmm. I think that would make sense that that's the formula, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. For most people, because yeah. fiction is this imaginative, mm-hmm. morph yourself to this story and picture mm-hmm. it. And you are, you, you are captivated by the author because the author paints this picture that speaks your language. Mm-hmm. So you need that reading mm-hmm. when it's business, when it's uh, leadership. Yeah, you're right. It's a lecture. It's a, yeah. it's way more pragmatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think is a way that's how I look at it. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that. I, like I think that. that's it. Geek out. I, like I can, that. yeah. I mean, I could get mushy. There's certain, there's certain things that I could geek out or nerd out with my boys and with Kristen, but I think keeping it simple. Yeah. I love, I could, I ride my bike as much as I can. And that's a mental thing. I don't think it's so much a physical thing. Do you do races? No, I do mm. it for me. Everything yeah. in my life has always been competitive. Mm. Um, and I think I like bike riding not being competitive nice. because I could. Yeah, oh, right? yeah. My personality is that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to be very conscious of, and maybe it's a, maybe I'm a weenie. You know what I mean? Maybe it's fear. Right. I don't think it is though. I think mm-hmm. it's a uh, riding my bike is my pure joy. Yeah. yeah. And my chapter of life right now is not about me. It's about my family. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if I got competitive, I would. Go off the deep end. Yeah. And mm. it, this, this, I can't do that. And I don't know if I ever want to. I, I love, I love enjoying things. You know, when I was cooking, I loved it. I fell in love with it, but then it got very competitive. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the best. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you know, that, that whole thing, like doing what you love, that's a slippery slope, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So bike riding and fishing is not about competition to me. It's about me. It's your me time. Yeah. And learning how to enjoy simple time passing. It's not about efficiency. Well, yeah, it kind of is. But not, no, it's no. I, not in I, that way. No. No. Nice. I, yeah, I don't know that I'll ever compete there. Hmm. You want to pick the next one? Yeah. Let's do. What is one thing that instantly makes your day better? You're having a bad day. Like something. Just maybe not a bad day. But just the Monday. Physically, day. you just have this, you know, the, the Monday blues or whatever. And somebody comes in with what and it just or does, does somebody or does have to what? come in or can it be anything no just or anything yeah, something yeah. happens yeah. or uh i mean i guess the easiest answer there would be there are certain days that i don't 
I hate that term. I don't have time because I think we make time for things that were important to us. Mm -hmm. But there's days that look like I'm not going to be able to get a bike ride in. And bike rides do that for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I can drift off. But I think also saying that, like I'm learning as I get older, I kind of dabble with meditation and things. And I think, uh, I don't know if it's intuition. I think it's just awareness of yourself. Like, and it's not always fixable, right? Like I'm pretty good at like getting frustrated quick. And I don't think, I don't know. Same. Same. Yeah. 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 And, and, and my wife shared a quote. I wish I could quote it and I could tell you and give them credit, but my wife shared a quote and wrote it in my garage with my bike stuff. And it was one of those things that like an artist or a creative mind is never really pleased. They almost kind of live in this state of frustration. <laughs> and when I read this quote, it was almost like, okay, hold on, this is piss- uh, this is bothering me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I'm like, hold on, that makes sense though, right? Like, it's not about being pessimistic. It's about being aware of the cards that are on the table. Mm-hmm. Saying that, um, so I guess I'm pretty good at getting frustrated. Um, but I've learned that, like, okay, hold on, detach, right? Maybe because you get like, is it micro? Like, you get super not focused in, like you could break some kind of crazy theory, but like you're, I'm zoned in on something and it's just not going the way I want it because we all do that, right? We already mm-hmm. set ourselves up for failure sometimes because we have in our mind this preconceived how this should look, mm-hmm. whether yeah. it's a project, whether yeah. it's a party, whether it's a plate, whether it's raising your kids or in the big picture of your life. We all have this picture of how it should work when we walk through this doorway and we know darn well that it's not going to look that way, right? Like yeah. it's not this perfect thing that's tied with a ribbon. But when we go into it with this preconceived, this is how it should look, knowing darn well it's not going to look that way, we've already like frustrated ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm good at that. But saying that, like, I think the I have to say riding my bike or go outside. Just being outside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, uh, I could go, I could take my fishing rod to a church pond knowing darn well I'm not going to catch anything. Mm-hmm. And I could just go cast and I'm pretty instantly better. Okay. Nice. And it's hard for me to be instant because I'm that guy that like, mm-hmm. a lot of people can probably relate with. Like when I dive into something, I get obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Right. So detaching from that's really tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I bet a lot of people can relate with that. Yeah. Um, but just learning act, some men, mundane like actions of yeah. fishing mundane or is, your Mundane is probably the word. Being able to switch off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, and knowing what your triggers are, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that this actual thing mm-hmm. does it, but being aware that I'm doing this thing to try and switch that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That helps, right? Yeah. But yeah, riding a bike. Um, yeah, casting. I could, you could just put a weight on there. I could probably just cast in the yard. So your hot, because then I could just laugh at myself, going, "What am I doing?" Right. And yeah. then it works. Yeah, yeah. So your hobbies or the things that you nerd out on are also the things that make your day better. Yeah, and I also, <laughs> this is that thing where it's like, "Oh my god, you cheese ball!" But really and truly, like, <laughs> just being by my wife really helps. Like, she's a good lifeline for me. I don't know if I am for her. But, like, she calms me down. Like, I could just... She's a very calm person. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the only way it works. I don't really know how I fulfill her, though. But, like, if I could, like, if I, if everything went south right now and it'd be like, hey, dude, can y'all give me 30 minutes? And if I could call my wife and go, hey, I need some just sit-by-you therapy, which it doesn't work that way, <laughs> and I could just sit by her for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't even have to be paying attention to me. She doesn't even have to talk to me. I could just sit by her yeah. and be like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's like have, a big just, gulp, like good to go. Just having that company. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. She does that. And yeah. I've been around a lot of people. 
And I don't think a lot of people do that. So that makes me think I might need to hold on to that one. I've got a friend that, that likes to come over his, his, uh, he's got three kids. Uh, two of them still live with him. They're 20 and 21. Yeah. And, uh, every once in a while he'll come over to the house and just sit Yeah. and be on his phone. Like we won't talk. He'll yeah. be on, he'll be on the couch. I'll be watching TV and he'll just sit. Yeah. And we don't say a word. Uh, I think that's also too, like the train, like running a dog yeah. and having that relationship that was really huge. Um, and I'd like that back. I don't have that now, but like the first dog that Kristen and I raised, we would just go. We didn't have a lot of time. We were working in a restaurant nonstop. But like it was very, I hate the word therapeutic, but it was like, all right, cool. Let's go to the lake. And we'd take our dummy and we'd go work her. And I don't know how she didn't drown because I think it was more for me than for her because we'd run her for two hours, you know, and big dog people are like, dude, you might want to like only throw the dummy like 10 times. And I'm like, Oh, I missed that memo. <laughs> I did it more than that. Yeah. And she's okay. She's fine. Yeah. So. All right. Next question. Where is the coolest place you have traveled? Hmm. Temperature or feeling. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even either know way. That. Either way. Not coldest. Coolest. <laughs> um, Most interesting. Yeah. It's hard. Cause I think ever and I haven't done tons of traveling. But everything was always an experience. Um, I got I got the opportunity to live in, or I don't know if you call it live, like how long are you somewhere to say you live there? But uh, I was in France for a while, and I got to live in a vineyard, at a vineyard. Done, period. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. That's, that's all you got to say. <laughs> it was pretty neat. It was, it was, it was hard. Good Lord. It was Were you working in a restaurant? Is that when you went to go train? No, I think things changed, right? Like, is this why you reference Ratatouille so much? <laughs> uh, it might have a little bit to do with it, but not really. Ratatouille is just very accurate. Okay. Like they brought in Thomas Keller. Was that Pixar? I don't know. Yeah. They brought in Thomas Keller. Is which, it Pixar? Whatever. Whatever. Well, whatever Disney production. Like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They brought in uh, Thomas Keller to consult on it. And Thomas Keller, whether you like him or not, he's one of the greatest chefs in American history. Hmm. Um, so he consulted on it. So Ratatouille okay. is very accurate. But okay. anyway. Nice. Um, France. Yeah. So I lived in the south of France for a while or for a couple months. And it was really cool. I think the experience was so groovy because it was so independent. It was so I wanted to prove something to myself. And, you know, I was aspiring to be this rock star chef. And the days of Americans going to Europe and sleeping on a cot in dry storage and waking up and working in this European kitchen, like those days were over because people didn't get to do that. Like mm -hmm. that was, they, they really tightened the reins on letting people do that. Americans do that. So I got to go to a wine vineyard and I lived, I was up in the mountains in this vineyard. And I think the neatest thing about it was there's a lot of neat, right? Like this was a, mm -hmm. this was a, for me in my little world, it was a lifetime thing. Yeah. Um, but I was up in the mountains and only interacted with like, four or five people for, you know, months at a time, for a month at a time. Wow. Like we wouldn't go, I mean, I remember that experience when people go like, okay, when you go remote for so long, mm -hmm. you know, we're very resilient beings, right? So like we, we survival of the fittest tries to apply ourselves in this environment. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense, but like, I remember going into the city, which wasn't even a big city. Like I was on the other side, I mean, I was in the country, but going yeah. into the city would be like going into something maybe like Tyler, 100,000 mm -hmm. people, okay. and going around European traffic circles and being like, oh my God, culture shock, or just mm -hmm. shock, because I'd been up in the so mountains. So many people. Yeah. I literally, I think we, I think I dated it. Like, I don't remember how long I was there for that year. That was 2007, maybe 2006. Um, 
there was four weeks, three weeks, I don't remember, that we were up at this vineyard and I literally only interacted on a daily basis with four people Mm -hmm. and maybe the most in that time, seven people, which for my personality, I was stir crazy, Mm -hmm. but it was really good for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, And looking back, I'm like, I don't know how I did that (laughs) because I traveled by myself and I'm scared of my own shadow. Yeah. (laughs) I remember sitting when I was traveling, I got, uh, there's a lot of places I got lost. You know, I thought I was young and dumb and this big ego and I'm like, oh yeah, I work in French kitchen so I can navigate France. No problem. Can you speak speak French? That's where I'm going. Like, okay. Tomat. <laughs> Bonjour, I think is the best I can do. Yeah. And then when you get in rural, you get yeah. more rural. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? It's like being in New York City and being in, and I love it, not knocking it, but like in Bullard. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like it's right. two different things. Yeah. Right. Um, but I remember sleeping on a park bench one night. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I was lost. I had no I mean, I wasn't lost, but. I was lost. Oh, gosh. And I was sleeping on a park bench one night. And this is so silly. This is me making a mountain out of a molehill. But this is a true story. I was sleeping. I was trying to sleep on a park bench. And of course, like, I have my, you know, my American backpacking bag that I'm straddling. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because okay. I don't want anybody to steal it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And I remember looking up at the moon and I was scared to death. And this is so silly, but it's so true. I did this for real. If y'all remember the movie Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks, uh-huh. Uh-huh. he's sitting out his window at his house before he deploys or heads to the moon. Mm-hmm. And he looks at the moon and he puts his thumb over the moon and moves his thumb mm-hmm. to get perspective how far away it is. And then he's, then he's up in the moon when they're stuck uh-huh. and he's looking at earth and he does his thumb and does that thing. He's like, uh-huh. holy cow, this is... Well, I didn't do that, but I remember looking at the moon going, okay, somewhere in this world... My mom is looking at the moon too, and I want my uh, mom. I miss my mom. Uh, like so. that, that thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that made sense, didn't it? Yeah. Um, absolutely. But yeah, it was cool. It was a really cool experience, and um, yeah, that was it. Okay. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. So, it was gorgeous. So Gosh. you went to? Did you go to France multiple times? Because then you go to get? Then someone sent you there to get trained. Well, so point? I went. I went for like three weeks, four weeks. A wine importer out of New Orleans was getting married. That was a friend of mine. And his future in-laws owned the vineyard in the south of France, which makes sense. Like they were, they needed a way to import wine into the States. And he invited, they were doing this, they were quirky people. And they, they were getting married at the vineyard. And he said, hey, why don't, you know, we're good buddies. We've done a lot of wine dinners together. Um, done a lot. I mean, I would travel in and uh, go do wine dinners, which I would put, you know, a five, six course menu together paired with his wines, that kind of stuff. He goes, I want you to do my rehearsal dinner. I'm like, cool, count me in. I just need time. Cause at the time I was working at high level restaurants in, on the East coast and I needed time to get off. Cause you don't get off at places like mm-hmm. that. Like when you're working at that level, you're working all the time mm-hmm. and there's no substitute. It's not like, Hey, call in a sub. Doesn't work that way. So uh, he goes, but there's a, there's a kicker. Cool, I like kickers. He goes, it's in France. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really in. <laughs> um, so uh, I went there for three or four weeks to do their wedding, which was really groovy, um, and got to meet his in-laws. And I stayed with them, and they took me to all the outdoor markets and learn like sourcing food at a European level, which is just fascinating. Nice, um, really groovy. Uh, and then I kind of knew what I was doing. I have to say, like. I kind of was hoping to get invited back. Mm-hmm. And so halfway through that As trip. As would anyone. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And I had an angle because they were talking about harvest. And uh, Miss Sue, the lady, the, the the wife of the couple, they were Brits. 
um, said, yeah, you should come back. And I think she was just saying it very like friendly, not meaning it. And she said, you should come back for the 2000, whatever, six, seven, a uh, harvest. And she was saying it very nonchalantly. Like, okay. I was like, oh yeah, cool. When's that happen? <laughs> right. And when she, need me, and she kind of looked, but then she was sincere. She followed through. She's like, well, there's not an exact date because mm-hmm. it's mother nature. And there's sometimes in September. Cool. I'll be back September one. I'll just sit um, and wait. Yeah. So I planned my whole like kind of change in my life because I was living in Charleston, South Carolina. I was working for a chef that I ultimately wanted to send me to France. That was kind of a thing. Like, uh, So he ended up sending me and a guy that I, I'm buddies with. You know, we, we butted heads a lot on the line in the kitchen, but I'd say Greg was a buddy of mine. And we met in uh, Paris and we played. I think you would say that for a little while. Slept in a lot of uh, train stations. <laughs> traveled and back, yeah. And then we were planning on going to work at one of his buddies' rest, his chef, the chef's restaurants. But then I kind of ran out of time because we played a little too hard. And so me and Greg parted ways, and he went to Lyon. Lyon, I don't know where he went. Um, and then I went to the south and was at the vineyard for a while and was there for harvest. Um, and it was literally one of those things. Like I think I got there. I don't remember September fifth whatever. And you're just there. And when the winemaker wakes up in the middle of the night and starts screaming because the rain's coming, says, let's get the grapes off the vine. That's what we did. Okay. And I can say I've picked grapes. I'll never do it again. That's one of those things, you know, like when you have in your head, you're like, oh my God, this is going to be so cool. This yeah. is going to be so cool. And the, the day that uh, Susan and Peter dropped me off, you know, in their little Range Rover farm ranch truck, Mm-hmm. Uh, to the uh, super cool migrant workers, really groovy people. They're like, you sure you want to do this? Like, oh, yeah, dude, I went all about this. Like, all right. And, of course, like <laughs> these vineyards where we were, it's all rocks, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when you step off the road and you're, like, in the trellises of the vineyard, of the grape plants, it's all rocks. And they put this makeshift plastic backpack on you, and they literally give you clippers because some of it's trellised and harvested by machine and then the others handpicked, which is a whole nother conversation. Well, I worked a two days handpicking and you're literally with like little hand shears cutting bundles of grapes, just like you. Exactly. And I remember the second bundle I clipped second, not 200th, (laughs) not 20th, not 10th. The second one, I was like, okay, this is for the birds. (laughs) Like, check this off the list. And I ended up sleeping with the migrant workers on the rocks under the moon because that's what they do. They work all day. And then they build a little fire, which there they call it sushes. And they don't burn wood like we burn wood. They burn the wood, which is like old grapevine roots. Oh, okay. That's what their firewood is. Yeah, yeah. And they have literally like you picture like, uh, what do they call it? Like porcelain jugs with a cork. Mm-hmm. And they have that of, it's not really hooch. It's like just wine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. everybody passes that around. And, and it sucks. <laughs> and there's nothing glamorous about it. And I had in my head, oh my God, I'm living the dream. I am this American <laughs> aspiring chef and I get to go pick grapes and this is so romantic. No, second bundle. I was and like, I'm this I'm going to learn done. so many life lessons. Uh, now, the people were super cool. I mean, I couldn't talk to them because they spoke yeah. every language under the moon in this like hybrid form. Yeah. And I was just this... Weird American kid. American <laughs> dude that thought he knew everything. Yeah. But yeah, that was a great experience. But that's everything, right? Everything. And you said that was 06, 07? Yeah, it was before we opened the restaurant. So I think it was somewhere between 05 and 07. Okay. Was, yeah. 
Nice. Yeah, it was All cool. Right. Great experience. Very lucky to say I can do that. I did that. Right. Where's the worst place you've traveled? Ah. I don't know if I look at things like that. Yeah. I, I literally, as I was saying, I was like, he's not going to have <laughs> there's, one. There's not an answer for that one. I mean, I don't know that I'm like the super positive dude. I like to think I am. I think I'm more optimistic than positive, but like, I like to look at everything in this chapter of life as, as an experience, right? So even a crappy, uh, like, yeah, like a not super great experience. It's still an experience to give you perspective. Yeah. Um, we went on a, a cruise <laughs> and my father-in-law rest his soul. It was a super cool thing, uh-huh. right? It was one of the, Disney was doing this big thing. I think people are doing it now. Like they were trying to, uh, what do you call it? What, what are my emotions doing? Because people can't see this. They were, they were trying to uh, heighten their like cruise line okay. experience. Yeah. Gotcha. And so like... Uh, my father-in-law, good dude, really close with him, rest his soul. When he got, just a couple of years after he got diagnosed with cancer, he was like, yeah, Disney is my family's thing. We want to do this. And we're doing this. Yeah. Right. And it was the second trip, I believe, that this ship was making out. And if I, I could be making this up because my memory's terrible, but I think my father was like, oh, yeah, second's good, right? We don't want to be the first because mm-hmm. if it drowns, the, you know, right, yeah. first work ex- out the kinks. First is yeah. experimental. But anyway, so not going, that's not the point of this. But like, so we went on this Disney cruise and it was super cool. Yeah. But I don't think you'll ever get me to go on a cruise ship again. <laughs> not voluntarily. To? Oh, uh, well, anywhere. I don't, I don't see the point. No, no I meant, I meant like, like T-O-O. To oh. what? What do you mean? Like, is it too modern, too cramped? Oh, too... oh yeah, too cramped. That okay. makes sense to me. Okay. Like, it does not make yeah, practical sense You can't sense get out. And no. I'm not going down, maybe I am a little bit, but I'm not going down the Titanic road mm-hmm. because we've progressed, right? That's yeah. not evolution, but sure. like technology has totally progressed. There's always room for error, but it's very less likely for something like that. But like, I remember sitting on the porch at the, on the cruise ship and looking out and going, this is really gorgeous, mm-hmm. but there's no land, right? And I grew up fishing. I've done a lot of blue water fishing, so I'm very comfortable, or not very, I'm comfortable being on water that you don't Can't see land. Yeah. But when you're on a cruise ship, that how many people are on there? No Thousands. idea. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. Doesn't make it's, 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 it's no different than a hotel. Or is, no, is I think it's, it's different. It's, it, you're right. It's, it's no different than a hotel, but then it's dangerous. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I think I'm not going to say it was a bad experience because it was really yeah. cool. Yeah. But if I had to, favorite. But if I had to say, like, what are you not going to do again? You know, if Chris wants to go on a cruise, which I don't think she, well, she might, um, I'll go. But I'm never going to voluntarily say, hey, it's let's pay money choice. and go get on a cruise ship. Yeah, yeah. it's not your first I'll actually work, I'll actually will go out of my way not to do that. Okay. I think, I think part of it is because you don't. I, this is my assumption. You don't sit still well. Yeah. And a cruise ship is really a sit still kind of situation. I don't know. This was pretty wild. I don't know if that. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I don't think I get like. Is it the feeling sickness. that you can't like? This is all that you can yeah, do. And you I, can't I, go out and do more. Maybe it's the kind of the feeling of. And I don't know. Maybe I do have control issues, but like, <laughs> I like driving than flying. Right. Like yeah. when we go on family vacations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I want us to drive. Yeah. And I think that's part of the experience, even yeah. though it's annoying. Yeah. This is what we talk about when we're old and our mm-hmm. kids are changing my diaper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what you have are those experiences. <laughs> yeah. You know, so but like I want to drive not because I'm the one that controls my ship, mm-hmm. but like if we want to get up and go, let's go. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. I like yeah. that. Okay. Now I can see that. Cruises are cool. Like yeah. we did some excursions and we were down in the Caribbean. And I had some great experiences. 
But yeah, it might be kind of my personality, but like cruise ships are big, right? So there's plenty yeah. to do. Yeah. But you're still, when you think about it, compartmentalized in what you mm -hmm. can do. Like you can't just go step outside. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever do that again. Okay. But it was cool. Yeah. We've, we've been on one cruise and, and yeah, the excursions were the best part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. See. Hmm. But there are people that like think no. cruises are the greatest thing next to sliced bread. My parents love Yeah, cruises. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but my mom could sit all day and read a book. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a part yeah, of me, Rachel. Yeah, there's a yeah. part of me that wishes fact, I could be that way, and then sometimes I'm like, I'm glad I'm not. I want to be busy. Any see, spare time then, we had, we had a hammock out on our balcony, and she yeah. sat in the hammock. And any any spare time, she was reading a book for sure. Absolutely, that's a goal of mine. I want to be able to, before I die, be able to sit down and read a book all yeah. day, or just lay in a hammock because I can read a book, but I also know that trigger, right? Like, okay, I'm done. Let's yeah. go do something else. Yeah, which I'm okay with. Like, that's just me. Yeah, I like to sit underneath, like one of the. Uh, um, decks where you can see over into the pool and watch the crazies, mm, but not mm -hmm. be part of the crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's what I. That's I love people I watching. We, uh, so there, the one we were on, they had the pool, but it was like two stories down from mm -hmm. the from the top. Yeah, and so we we would sit on the balcony yep. there yeah, and yep, watch. I could people watch Idiots. all day. Yeah. I'll say the last cruise we went on was I think when my sister graduated from something. I don't remember which one it was, but we did like Disney for a few days and then we did a cruise, mm -hmm. which was great because it was the second half because one, you're tired from Disney. So you take the cruise and we had like an interior room. So uh, our yeah. room didn't have any windows. Uh, it was the best. Was it cool? <laughs> yes, because we would take... Like we you felt like you were in a cave? naps a oh. day. Oh, yeah. okay. It was amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. We could sleep in and no one would bother us. Now we had to as well because we were also like pretty low uh -huh. on the boat. And we were close to the elevator, and we were on a carnival cruise. A mm. carnival cruise is a party cruise, y'all. Mm -hmm. Oh, it and is? so, like, oh, yeah. yeah. And so, like, people were, like, you know, yeah. up late, yeah. very loud, yeah. walking up and down the hallways, yeah. beating on the walls. Yeah. It was a situation. Yeah. But besides that, it was great. Yeah, cool. And, like, we never got off the boat. We didn't do any excursions. How many days? It was only, like, three or four. But... I mean, that was the last one we went on. Maybe in another life I'd try to go, but I'm not going to overthink it. There's other things I want to do. But, like, it's also when you have kids, you have – you, or maybe I, I think you just have different perspectives. And mm -hmm. it's not like I'm going into, like, survival mode, but there's just a lot more moving pieces. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. there's that thing where it's like, okay, where am I going off too deep thinking about this? But then also what's the reality? Whatever it is, you know, it's, just, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. Nice. And there's not a lot of vegging out going on when you have four boys. No. Or what, what What? our definition of vegging out is, is probably a little different than vegging oh. out with a husband and a wife and maybe a little lap dog. A little we're lap not, dog. We're not really there. That's precisely what we are. Yeah. <laughs> we're not there Rachel yet. Rachel and I are just husband and wife and two little We'll dogs. be there one day. Little lap dogs. But it's, you know, it's chapters. Yeah. All right, Nathan, you get to okay. pick the next one. I'm picking. Um, I think two more. Yours and then I'll do the very last one. Okay. What do you mean mine? Like the one I pick? You pick one, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's do bucket list. What's, what's, the, what's at the top of your bucket list? What do you want to do before you go, mm. before you kick it? That's funny, you know, cause this is probably pretty predictable and I'm not going to look at it, but I'm you not, have a, a list on I'm not a super IT techie person, mm -hmm. but I do have Evernote. Have y'all heard of Evernote? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love it. Okay. I <laughs> love it. And I have everything for like, you know. Do you have a bucket list So on you do have I an do. actual list? Nice. I do. Okay. You know, I've got everything from it, bike stuff it, to Kristen's list. Is it sorted? Present. No, I'm working on that. Okay. Like I have, it's funny that, you, is that really a question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's written down. 
So I have things that are my goals. If you goals. read the list, you'd have seen it. <laughs> yeah, but that wouldn't have, that, that, that wouldn't have been as much fun. Um, I have goals because mm -hmm. I've, I, you know, in, like raising four kids and really wanting to be a great dad. Like that's my goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't want that to, that's not my bucket list because bucket list is kind of personal. I right? feel like bucket list is like being a dad. Yeah. Well, like. Chick. Oh, okay. But also yeah. like. I'll, I'll take a check anytime I can get one. Yeah. Some small events. Like, yeah. um, I've got some funny stuff. Like sleeping on the ground in a vineyard in the south of France. <laughs> check. Yeah. Like, I think one of my bucket list things is like jumping off a cliff. Like cliff, cliff diving? diving? Yeah. I like okay. to do that. It, it, but is, but that's, you kind of make it. Or hang gliding. A, you, uh -uh. Cliff diving is I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I like the ground. Have you done it? Yes. What is it? Really? Cliff diving is super fun. It's cool. Yeah. So yeah, um, when I was, when I was in the band and we did our tour, mm -hmm. uh, we stopped, we were, one of our stops was uh, Victoria, Arizona. And I don't forget what river was going through it, but there was maybe a 40, 50 foot cliff oh, yeah. cool. next to it. Yeah. And we were jumping in. Um, you jump into the river, correct? Yeah. Like cliff diving is jumping into water from yeah. the cliff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just making yeah, sure yeah, like yeah. I've got it in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a little dangerous because there was a bit of a jut. Yeah, coming yeah. out, yeah. and so you had to get a running start first. Like they were to saying, get out if, you, there. if you're gonna if you're gonna jump, yeah, you gotta jump out. Start. Yeah, and so like there was there was a commitment that you had yeah. to think about like for the first couple of steps. It was insane. I yeah. like that. I'm too much of a scaredy cat. No, I like that commitment thing. Yeah, but it's funny because you know I think, and I don't know if everybody does. It. I know that when I start thinking bucket list, right, mm -hmm. like it almost can get kind of too deep because mm -hmm. then you're like, oh, hold on, I'm really thinking in line of my mortality. Mm -hmm. And of course my brain can go real deep, yeah. but I think in my bucket list, like I've got a lot of fun tongue in cheek things that I know I'm going to do. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I just want to make sure I do it. Yeah. Like, um, jump off a cliff. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to raise a pack of wolves. <laughs> I don't think that'll That's happen. That's so random. Why? <laughs> well, because I love animals, but and I how? think like, exactly. Right. And like how? in order, I, I think true animal lovers have to truly respect the life that the animal needs. Mm -hmm. And I've been around some people that raised some wolves, a pack of wolves, and that's what really enticed Hashtag me. Louisiana. Uh, yeah, kind of, but not yeah. really. It was, it was animal trainers in the movie industry oh. um, that were filming in Louisiana because of Katrina when New Orleans shut down. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. But it really, fa like, those animals fascinate me. Yeah. So I would love to do that. How is the question, right? Yeah. Could you say that you kind of are with your pack of boys? <laughs> yeah, yep. I guess that <laughs> they are a bunch of theoretically wild yeah. enough. Um, you know, but I think if when you say it like that, like what's at the top of the top of your bucket list? That's hard because then it's like, oh shoot, I really am gonna die, and I've got to make this important. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's where my brain goes. But I'll yeah. tell you this: this this is how, and this will be random. I don't the know. pack of wolves wasn't random, Michael. <laughs> that's pretty random. Everybody doesn't think that. I mean, <laughs> everybody doesn't want to raise a pack of wolves. <laughs> Huh. Not, I mean, I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's not on your list. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I was, this is weird. Or okay. this is funny. Okay. I absolutely love the movie Seven Years in Tibet. Seven Years in Tibet. I've okay. never seen it. Love it. I okay. don't know. Is that the nineties? Yeah. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um, I don't know who else. Do you want to year, live seven years in Tibet? No, I don't want to live it because there's a lot of stuff there that absolutely sucked. <laughs> I mean, there's like prisoners of war. I mean, uh, it, it's yeah. it, it, it's a great movie, but it's a there's some darkness in there. But there's yeah. something about the spirit of that movie, and of course, I'm not giving a hard answer. Mm -hmm. But there's something about the spirit of that movie and of that character that I put on my bucket list. Okay. And I want to go. Like, I would love to go to Tibet in that region. Mm -hmm. There's something about it that just really maybe seven days in Tibet. Yeah, maybe. But it's just the fact that he was a really 
hard person. And he was a mountaineer, which I don't care about mountains. I like being on the ground. But there was something in his motivation and drive in that movie that is my bucket list because he was just so motivated to see the world. Was it was that based on a true story? There might have been some truth to it. Really? Okay. It's about a mountaineer, and at that time they were trying to hit uh, different... Uh, what is that called when they climb mountains and they hit certain... Elevations? Eh, yeah, but there's a... Summits. Oh, okay. Mm. And I guess at the time... I guess it was dated during World War II because they spent some time in some POW camps. I think World War II. So that would have been the 40s. So there was big motivation at that time, and I'm not a mountaineer guy. I have no interest. But I think, uh, like modern days, like there's always this human motivation to push it to the next level, no matter what we're talking about. And the movie was a lot about that. Like he was a mountaineer. I don't remember where he was from. And he was very arrogant and he was good and he wanted to be the best. So he wanted to go to this mountain. What is that in Tibet or around there? And make be the first human or first German, whatever it was, to hit this summit. Mm-hmm. But through trials and tribulations, and it's a lot deeper, there was just something about the spirit of that movie that was like, yeah, I want to do that because it kind of scares me, right? Yeah. Like the thought of like just thinking, I mean, just just everyday travel is so everyday and so normal, but yeah. it's an undertaking. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like what is that? A lot of people are going to Maldives. Have y'all heard of that? Mm-hmm. Those islands. I don't even yeah. know. We're off of Australia or whatever. Mm. Just Google that, right? Just mm-hmm. watch. Just just look at the travel to get there, mm. which of course it's a no brainer because technology's there, but like. There's something about being a traveling person and really embracing it and yeah. truly loving it that really compels me. Okay. And I want to be that guy before I die. Okay. That's my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I also want to be an expert at throwing knives. Why not? And raise wolves. And those can happen simultaneously, maybe. Oh my god. Might be good to be able to throw a knife I think and it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to you know like those circus things? This is on my bucket list too. This is silly. You know those big human cannons, and at circuses they shoot the human. Is yeah. that a real thing that, that happens? Oh, I've well, seen it's, it. It's and a... then you, you land in this like net yeah. thing. Sure. I yeah. want to do that. Yeah. Okay. Why not? I mean, it doesn't. It's not. It's not like black powder. Well, yeah. It's like I know a spring that. and a it's platform a spring. Well, yeah. inside the. But it's that yeah, thing yeah, yeah. too. Like when you really look at it, and go, you only live once. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't well, really. Feel, okay. I don't. I don't feel the need so, to swim with a great white when, shark. Right. When when somebody says you only live once, I'm thinking, well, you only die once. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Perspective, <laughs> right? <laughs> but when you look at it, you only live once. You're like, there's a lot I want to experience. But we all have our different interests. Like, I yeah. would say the knife throwing is less surprising than the pack of wolves on your list. Oh, I think they're hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with you, but just you know, pack of wolves. I've always been. I've always loved animal movies, so it's not really that bogus for me personally. Yeah. I've always loved animal movies. It's very calming to me, like with anxiety and all that. Like it's just I, I can drift off, and I've I like my a boys. Air snuggle. bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but wolves really fascinate me, and like big cats have always fascinated me. But wolves and their pack system mm-hmm. is just really, really, really fascinating to me. See, I'm the opposite yes. on that. If I'm watching a movie and it has an animal in it, I'm scared to death for the animal. Oh, really? Because if they do something to that animal, I'm... Yeah, Kristen's that way. Let me tell you, when I was in eighth grade, we watched The Patriot in history. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger. Um, so we watched it. Great movie. And of course, we had to get our parents to sign off on it because it's, it's a little oh, yeah. bloody yeah. and yeah. all that stuff. It's pretty bloody, man. Oh, yeah. it's 
very popular. And there's some hard parts to watch. And they fast-forwarded through like the creek scene. Yeah, oh, you know yes. what I'm talking about? Yeah. They yeah. had to fast-forward through that. Of course, then I go and home and I'm like, we got to watch it. I don't yeah. know what happened. Yes. Like that stuff didn't bother me. You know what bothered me? What? When the horses. Horse. The horses. Yep. When the horses go yeah. down, can't do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, can't yeah. do it. I get it. Can't do it. But I know see, it's fake, but I don't care. But I also think that's different. Like I understand that point, right? Like we humans interfered with that. Like I love watching animal movies and I can watch Predator and Prey. I love hunting, you know, and my thing, my love for hunting is killing is the least favorite part, but it's the process, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the being out in the woods and, and, and being, you know, the alpha predator, um, and doing the killing. But then also I love, I have to eat it the same day. Yeah. Like Mm. I love that. Okay. So like watching animal movies, yeah, you're right. It's not pretty, but it's also kind of that Lion King moment when mm-hmm. is it Simba's walking with who's dad Mufasa. and they're Mufasa and he's like, well, we eat the gazelles, don't we, Dad? And they're like, yeah, but then it all becomes the grass and the gazelles eat the grass, mm-hmm. whatever that that scene yeah. is. Like mm-hmm. that's that's of life. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That that's to me. That's it, right? So like hunting, and I you know I only kill something that would hurt me, hurt my family, or. I'd eat, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't just kill just to kill, but like that is the cycle of life. So when you're watching those animal movies mm. and you're watching like the cheetah run like 89 miles, 87 miles right. an hour, yeah. you're like, wow, yeah. I think I live my pretty big life, you know? But those things are still going on. Right. And it is not pretty to see the gazelle die, but that's life. Yeah. You know, that's the cycle of life. Yeah. But I, I do see what you're saying because like last the Mohicans and the Patriot. Yeah. When those horses get killed, it's terrible. Wow. And it's not like we human beings are terrible people, mm-hmm. but it is, yeah, it's we, hard to watch. we did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If those horses were living their life, they wouldn't experience that gore. Yeah. I don't know. That, that might be the crunchy granola guy. So I, I meant more like Marley and me. <laughs> I hated that, one that movie. That is hard to watch. Too. I hated that movie. I couldn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I watched that movie. <laughs> I don't think I finished it. That's like, it's like, reminds me, have you ever, you've, have you seen Friends, right? Oh, yes. yeah. You know when Phoebe sees the end of Lassie the first time? Yeah. Where, La- where he has to shoot Lassie because she has rabies and she's yep. like, what? Well, it's definitely Old Yeller, but okay. Yeah. Old Yeller. Did yeah. I say, what did I say? <laughs> Lassie? Lassie? Oh, no, whatever. But, but, you know what I mean. But yeah. doesn't Phoebe... Uh. It's because her mom would always like stop the movie before the bad things happen. Oh. Uh, yeah, okay. I knew <laughs> yeah. something resonated with me there. Like Bambi, yeah. she'd stop it before the mother went. Yeah, missing. but Marley and Me's terrible. Marley and Me's like so a terrible sad. movie, or it. Like, it's an awful movie. Like, oh, I don't it? need. I, I think things hit, hit too close to home for me, so I don't need that kind of movie in my life. There's enough <laughs> okay. like things okay. that get it's, to me. It's bad because you relate to it. <laughs> Ah, I don't want to. Like, it's too real. Yeah, I don't need help relating to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. you know, and I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't sound right. I don't like, need to there's be reminded enough hard... that my dog's going to die one day. Yeah, there's enough hardships <laughs> in life that sitting down to watch a movie about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. Okay. I want movies to entertain me. I want movies to take me to another place. Yeah. I want movies to give me perspective. And yes, that movie gave me perspective, but there's enough reality and life that I'm going to have that perspective. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit down and give two hours to that. Yeah. That movie was terrible. So <laughs> I guess so on, a note, on, a, on a note, on yeah. uh, I guess on that side note, they did a great job because yeah, they, they accomplished their yeah, goal. Yeah. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? So right. there you go. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Last question. We yeah. ask everybody this question. Okay. You ready? What is your strangest irrational fear? Give him your example. Okay. So or do you because, have a new one? No, no, no. I don't have a new one. Okay. Like, I, I, I've been trying to think of one, but I can't. That's a funny one. So, okay. Let me give you an irrational. example. Irrational. Yeah. So... Um, 
because you didn't read the questions, you didn't have time to think about it. I I'll like give that. you something for this. Yeah, give me an example. Ice. What? I hate the feeling of ice on my fingertips. Yeah, yeah. but that's not irrational. No, no, no. Uh, hold on. Oh, tell you, oh he's not it. done. Let me tell you the irrational part. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm if I'm getting ice in a cup, okay. I have to, I have to scoop it or get it out of the dispenser. Okay. If I reach in and grab it, you know how it kind of like sticks yeah. to your finger. Yeah. yeah. There is there is an irrational fear that it's never going to release, <laughs> and it shin, it sends a shiver up my arm and I shake. That's so dumb. And to to, to it gets to better. Instinctively oh, you're not done. No. Okay, keep going. I like this. So you make me feel normal. Right. So. Thank you for my normalcy. Past that, okay. If I'm pouring a glass of tea, okay, I have to make sure all of the ice gets tea on it. If there is a dry piece of ice and it touches my lip, same thing. I so think he I has don't. To like, I don't think it's going to let go of my lip. I think you need a kid. <laughs> I think you got too much time on your hands. <laughs> That's not too much time. Okay, I've had on. that fear for. Explain that. What's the last part? So if you have cup. Of ice. Uh-huh. He's pouring the drink in there. You have to make sure and pour it all over the top. Yes. So all the ice gets so wet. Like, like if oh, so the temperature comes down so you know that it won't stick to your lips. Correct. Oh, that's practical. Okay. All right. I get it. So what's the question again? The what's most your strangest, your, your strangest irrational, irrational fear. fear. Something hmm. that's like that. I don't know if it's a fear, but I've got a funny one. Okay. And I think it'll it'll be funny because of what I do for a living. <laughs> How can I make this short, but really give a good punchline? So when I wrote my first menu for the first restaurant that I ever chefed, my wife and my brother looked at the menu. And I don't remember how it played out. But they said, Michael, this menu looks really cool, right? And the menus are important. Like, it's not just the artsy-fartsy chef. It's also business, right? Like, yeah. It's your real estate. Yeah. And you've got to... Especially it's really hard to learn. Like, I don't know that you ever master that, right? But there's a lot of moving pieces there when you're passionate about making them menu if you're not passionate about it you can just google and hit all the high notes chickens at the top you know but anyway so my brother and my sister my, 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 my sister i have a sister my wife they say this is really good but man you got a lot of tomato on this okay stay with me okay <laughs> stay. i'm like all right yeah you're right like every like every other menu item has something like braised tomatoes fried green tomatoes there's a lot of tomato there okay if you put a cherry tomato in your mouth right now, mm-hmm. and I saw you pop that cherry tomato, I assure you, I guarantee you, history has proven this. I will throw up. <laughs> it's not a fear. It's a quirk. Not really, but yeah. yeah. Okay. So does that work? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So I why. love tomatoes. I love them. Right? Uh-huh. You just see my point about the menu. Like yeah. It just makes sense. And right. it's also... It doesn't take a very talented, experienced chef to understand why tomatoes work, right? It's user-friendly. They're inexpensive. Um, They should be seasonal. They're very versatile. You can do whatever you want with them, right? Like, you don't have to have that. You don't even have to have a bridge to bridge flavors for tomatoes. So I love them. Uh But only in the past couple years am I able to eat a raw tomato, and it has to be sliced on a burger. If you put a cherry tomato in your mouth and you pop it, and I see it pop, and I hear it pop, I will throw up right there. Okay. Boom. So I have a quick question. Boom. Throw up. Have you watched uh, Lord of the Rings? I've tried. Okay. So I I take it you didn't get to the last movie. Probably not. Almost to the end. No. What do they do? 
So there is a there's point. There's tomatoes in that era? There's <laughs> in that era. There's a point in that movie where um, they eat tomatoes. This, this sort of corrupt. That's funny in itself. This corrupt king okay. is uh, sending his soldiers to battle. Okay. okay. And he's sort of the fat cat, right? Okay. And he's having this massive feast. This oh, and he's meal. got everything he wants. Right. While his while his boys are out doing hard work. Okay. And, and they're painting that picture. Right. They're painting that picture. There's a there's a hobbit and he he it kind of like as a servant kind uh-huh. of thing. Uh-huh. And he says, Hobbit, sing for me. The hobbit starts singing. It's very emotional. Okay. Meanwhile, like his people are dying and he's here and he's eating and he like the 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 meme that goes around is that he's eating this, oh, no this cherry tomato no and it just Mm-mm. and drips and Kristen loves growing cherry like pear tomatoes and if she eats them, I can't do it. Okay, no idea why. Okay, no clue. That's what Could you're about you, to say. But you can't eat them either. Oh hell, heck no. Okay, <laughs> not no, not no. But you know what? No. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. But so, but you cook it. Well, what about fine? What about peas? Love them. Okay. So it's people, a texture thing, but it's not a texture thing. Okay. So when people like t- pick up a tomato and those weirdos that like no take way. a big bite out Absolutely of it, not. you're done. I, I, and I don't even, even at a young age, it wasn't this like big, but mm-hmm. I remember my dad going out to the garden and taking a small bite of a tomato. He had to take a little bite first so then you could expose it and then sprinkle some salt on it. Mm-hmm. And he would eat a tomato like an apple. And I remember going... That's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with you. So a lot of people would, and you yeah. should, because I love so, like, tomatoes. Those, There's a beautiful thing there. Those veggie trays, and they have the little tomatoes. No. You're never going to serve a veggie tray that has tomatoes. Oh, I didn't them. say I won't serve them. Okay, just you just won't be in the back them. while people are eating them. You're talking about like those little things where you put like herby goat cheese in the middle? No, 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 no. Like it's just like a crudite. Oh a crudite yeah, crudite situation. Look on the oh, side. Oh yeah, I mean, I can, I can hold a little baby tomato. Well, yeah. I can plate it. I can get chefy on it. Mm. But yeah, I'd rather not see someone eat it. Yeah. So you're going to put it out there and be like, I'm out here. I will oh, tell okay. you this. I will go out of my way because that's where I went. <laughs> like you were, then I'm like, okay, hold on. This is a different thing. So like, I can't be in a chef coat doing a party and like resetting this crudite platter and seeing people eat tear, teardrop tomatoes and like run away. But I guarantee you, I don't know that I can think that I've ever been in that situation, mm-hmm. but I promise you if I did that tomorrow, I would like put it down, and if I saw someone grab a cherry tomato, like, I'd pretty much like figure out a way to <laughs> your diligently get out of there. I really do think that would be a lot. Now, would it like would I throw up? It'd probably make me gag. But the the funny thing to me is the fact that the thought process would go through my head yeah. if I saw someone grab this cherry tomato and be like, "Okay, get out." That's what's funny. Okay. The real question so, would be if you're here and someone's back there and they grab a tomato and bite it. Could you then hear it? Oh, I don't know. What about, okay, that's like, it's like crazy mm. hyena hearing. Yeah. What Maybe. About, I what am slicing a whole tomato. Uh, yeah, but I'd have to be on a sandwich and I don't want to, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, like when the, you the do it. Oh, of, I can do that. That doesn't bother me. You can slice I mean, it'll make me a little mookie. Like, no, okay. what's the word? Mookie. Like, <laughs> yeah, mookie. That's that a works. new one for me. You know, like, like in the late 90s, it was oogie. very, yeah. Oogie, yeah. In the late 90s, all that, like. And I never got into it because it just wasn't my style. But I worked for caterers and you had to do the tomatoes and you could do the tomato art where like mm-hmm. you slice them really thin, roll them out and then roll them up and you make this little rose. Like I remember doing that and the touching the tomatoes. It's something with that slime. The slime in the yeah. middle. Yeah. That bothers me. It okay. makes me a little mookie. Okay. Mookie? Okay. So if you took... La- last question with this, because I'm very fascinated. That one silly. that it's food. It's silly. That it's food is uh-huh. hilarious. Okay. Um, but if you took a thing of cherry tomatoes and you threw them in a pan and like just 
Sauteed them a little Sauteed bit. Sauteed them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Then it's fine. And they get soft. Uh, not for you to eat, but watch other people eat. Oh, it like yeah, that. I can do that. Okay. It's going to bother me a little bit, but I think yeah. I'm numb to it, right? Which yeah. is funny yeah. because that's what I've done for Those, so like, long. Those like five minutes in the pan make a difference. Right. Yeah. And also for me to consume, yes. Yeah. Like okay. I couldn't just take a spoonful and eat yeah. it. Like if I was tasting it, if I was doing that as like a nappe or like a finish on a thing that I was doing mm-hmm. and I needed to make sure it was seasoned properly. I would not eat one. I would, and I've learned this over time, like I would run my finger on the bottom of the skillet because the flavor's there yeah. and oh. I could taste the seasoning. Yeah. Okay. So yes, what's funny is I would, I'm that like deliberate. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what cracks That's me up because it's so quirky. Yes. Gotcha. But we all have those quirks. Like you'll never see me eat honeydew or cantaloupe. I think it really? is. I think it is the worst texture and it's like you put this gusher of perfume in your mouth. <laughs> see, I don't understand honeydew because it has no flavor. Oh, I think and, it tastes it, like perfume. It just tastes like water. Oh There's no flavor. You'll never perfume. see me eat a cucumber. I absolutely I love, love cucumber. I love the yeah. essence. I love the freshness. I love what cucumbers speak in the time of year. Mm-hmm. And what I feel lo- like there's junk on it. Uh, I mean, I'll eat it. I mean, yeah. it's not a tomato thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's like this very strong, like aromatic summer aroma mm-hmm. flavor. It's almost like I absolutely love lavender. Like, I mm-hmm. love essential oils, mm-hmm. and lavender is probably number two. Tea tree is probably number one. Mm-hmm. But you'll never see me cook with lavender. Because really? if I taste lavender in food, Soap. I'm like, why the heck am I not in the bubble bath? Because <laughs> that's the association. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I, I got a cucumber salad at Noodles and Dumplings uh-uh. the other day. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And there's some, there's some of my go-to, like, vinaigrettes or, like, little things that I would put on fish. That has cucumber in it. I'm not against it. I can appreciate. For, and I guess you when you do this. It. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like when you do something, you know, it's not your cup of tea, mm-hmm. but you know, not what the mass is like, but you know, and you can relate with why it's appreciated. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. So like for cucumbers, mm-hmm. yeah, like really Eng- like English cucumbers that don't have the seeds and brunoise or diced like real fine in these cool little vinaigrettes. And I love vinaigrettes that have all kinds of different textures and flavors, built, building flavor. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, I'm not going to slide. I'm not going to be like, Hey, I want to go home and eat a cucumber. <laughs> not going to happen. Not interested. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good times. I feel good. Gosh. I feel purged. That tomato thing. I love it. Yeah, I too one. do I not like figured, tomatoes. I kind of figured that'd be funny. I like, I don't know, like, like a fear, right? Like I love tomatoes. But when you say, what did you say? Ill- non-logical? Irrational. Irrational. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, that's, that's... I, I'm, I'm scared to death of burning and drowning. Right, Man, but that's, that's not irrational. That's, that's rational. absolutely right. Right, like yeah. being closed in water, and yeah, absolutely not. But that is absolutely I think rational. The fact that you're a chef who try, yeah, that's yeah. funny. Who that's it. Asks people to try right. things and try things they don't like. Doesn't like to. I think y'all need. I'm not here to reshape y'all's thing, but I think that's a great question. But I think that question should be quirk. Okay, you might okay. get more out of it. Okay, I, I don't know because that's how I took it. Yeah. Okay. I took it like, yeah. what is the most stupidest quirk? <laughs> Like I your ice say, thing, that's stupid. Oh, absolutely. But it's awesome. Absolutely. Scared to death. Yeah. It shows how stupid yeah. human yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there's so many things that we're so good at. And so we've evolved so like super cool. Think, but then we're like, yeah, we're human. Yeah. I think me talking just... about the cotton ball thing has made me not want to mess with cotton balls now. Have you not? Oh, you've got a cotton ball thing? So I didn't. Oh, it's like wool. Yeah. Have you ever like taken a cotton ball and pulled it apart and just kind of like? It's oogie? worse than fingernails on a chalkboard. It's yeah. It's oogie. And so that's one of the one examples I've used before. Did I tell you? I oh, did you that. Had, you'll huh? never. S- I tried that. Did you? Yeah. It, and it. I loved it. 
You'll never see me wear a, a wool sweater. My brain. I love it so much. Huh? You'll never see me wear a wool sweater. Never. Yeah, no. Never. It's no, the same no, thing as a cotton wool. ball yeah. to me. Like if it's if it feels like it's going to stick to my ears. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Nah. yeah, it's that feeling of like it's sticking to your. It's fingernails on a chalkboard to me. <laughs> same thing. I, yeah. I can relate with that. No, that was one of the examples I used. And I was like, have you ever pulled a cotton ball apart? Because yeah. mm-hmm. I had a friend that like wouldn't even touch them. Like I'll touch yeah. them and use them, whatever. Mm-hmm. But pulling it apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Okay. It just sends a shiver. It's almost like this. But it makes Nathan brittly, happy. Does it? Weird. Oh, it it's like brain. this brittly like spider web thing. Yeah. yeah. And you can feel soft, it vibrate through your bones. I love it. Yeah, I get it's it. It's like you can feel it breaking. Like it's the only, like mm-hmm. that's the only, since I tried it, like mm-hmm. since you said something, I tried uh-huh. it for the first time. And that is the only thing that, that I have felt do that kind of thing. Yeah, see, and we all realize that. Oh, go ahead, sorry. So good. No. Well, I got a bag of cotton balls in my office we were going to use for a game yesterday. Yeah. So if There's you need that Christmas feeling, present. you can let me know. You are the cheapest gaze. Sure. <laughs> Get him a bag of cotton balls. There you go. Merry Christmas. I was going to give you something else, but now I'm just going to give you that bag of cotton balls. Here's your extra bag of cotton balls going into your new year. <laughs> Splurging a little bit. Really going out of my way for my friend. Jeez. All right. That's all our questions. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for this time. I feel this purged. Fantastic. Thank you for being here, Michael Brady. I feel yeah. enlightened. Do you feel enlightened? I think y'all probably feel dumber. No. You know that yeah. quote where you're like, I just felt myself get dumber. No. I yeah. think anybody that just that took the time to listen to this, mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, Oh, I just took one little notch off my <laughs> my IQ. Cells. No. Yeah. <laughs> but very... I'm okay with that. No, it's entertaining. Is, it was yeah. fantastic. Like, it's great. You you are such a good talker and I love mm-hmm. listening mm-hmm. to you so much. I really do. And let's do a non-PG one sometime. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> another time. <Yeah. laughs> in, a, in a different platform. Maybe not yeah. in school. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Thank you, Michael, for being here. We appreciate it. I've got to go throw Brussels sprouts. Throw some Brussels sprouts. Yeah, Wrap us up, Nathan. So uh, thanks to Michael for being here. Uh, listener, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to receive notifications uh, when we have a new episode. We're trying to do every other Thursday. After the Christmas, we'll get it back have together. Been rough. So yeah. yeah, we'll get it back together after New Year's. Um, so be sure to subscribe to get notifications and find out who's, who's next. next? Do, 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 do. I finished my coffee. I really have to pee right now. <laughs> Jeez. So who's next?